0: Hi, welcome to the Mohua Show. My name is Mohua Chanapa, and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle, but done and spoken, imaandari se. Hi, in today's episode, we have two remarkable guests with us, Chetan Mahajan and Dr. Vandita Dubey, both co-founders of the Himalayan Writing Retreat. Chetan, a Penguin-published author and writing coach, made the bold move to leave the corporate world and fully immerse himself in the world of writing and teaching. On the other hand, Dr. Vandita Dube, a clinical psychologist and author, has a compelling story of her own. Wait to hear her. She chose to live amidst the Himalayas and has designed a workshop focused on emotional well-being through writing. A lot of writers will relate to that. So let's just start by exploring their journeys and inspirations and Chetan, so the first question that I want to ask you is that your decision to leave the corporate world and become a full-time author, blogger is really a bold one. All of us dream, we imagine, but then, you know, to take this leap of faith isn't easy. So what advice would you give to people like me who are considering wanting to leave a city and go in and stay in the hills, but I can't muster all the courage?
1: Well, I don't know about advice, but I can talk about uh, personal experience. But before I get into answering your question, thanks so much for inviting us. Uh, I think it's been fabulous. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've known each other for many years through the Himalayan writing retreat. So it's kind of karmic that the whole cycle is getting complete here. Uh, <clears throat> but um, I mean, I can I can talk about my experience and I can talk about my journey. But uh, it has been, uh, you know, it ha- it's really about questioning the status quo. Because the status quo is handed to us right from the time we are children. It's part of our conditioning and how we think about things and, you know, definitions of success and money and blah. And so we chase that kind of dream for or, or that kind of aspiration. That is what our ambition pushes us to. And we never question that. And we never ste- step back and say, you know, what do I really want in life? And I think uh, at some stage, sometime in my 40s is when both Vandita and I, we were... You know, Vandita, I think had the seen the light a long time before me, but uh, that's really when I started to pull back and ask myself, what do I really want in life? Is this the life that I want to live? And when you start asking those bigger questions is when you know the 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 options or the alternatives start to emerge and, and become visible uh, you know so that's how it works.
0: So we have, uh, you know, all of us know about the fact that you won the Indie Blogger Award for Humor in 2017. Your blog, UnCity Blog, you know, what's the story behind this blog? And how do you infuse humor into your writings, you know, about life in a Himalayan village? So uh,
1: the blog was really, you know, outcome of empty time and space because I had quit my job and moved to the mountains and uh, Vandita who's a clinical psychologist still had her practice going to a small extent I was hoping that some consulting will happen or some other you know ways of staying busy would happen but slowly they all dried up and the thing that I defaulted back to was writing and uh, so the question was what would I write and I was actually I had left the city I had moved to a small village in the mountains and every day was a new experience and the people we met were different and the whole you know um, the, the, the whole uh, um, milieu was completely strange and, and unusual compared to whatever we had seen in the city. Because when we had moved to the village, you know, it was a very simple life. It was a very slow life. There was no uh, Zomato, Swiggy or Amazon. There still isn't. Uh, and uh, there was no place that you could go out to for eat, uh, for eating or for a meal. And uh, the kids went to a small Hindi medium, you know, local school. So that experience for the children was also very different. And I started writing all of that down, and that's really how the that's really how the blog kind of took on a life of its own. Because I just had so much that I was seeing that was interesting and different that I wanted to share. Um, about infusing humor, um, I mean, there's no formula. Uh, you know, you just see something that's funny, and then you try and capture it in your words. And uh, and and I uh, and I experimented a lot actually in Uncity. I tried to do a lot of different things in And uh, it sort of came naturally. So I don't know if there is a there is really a trick or a tip that I could give as to how to bring humor in.
0: So Chetan, we all know that you're a writing coach and you know, you've inspired and uh, many, many authors. I'm one of them. I'm one of the authors who attended the Himalayan Writing Workshop uh, with a lot of drama, of course, which is on another podcast, maybe. And, uh, you know, I uh, mustered the courage, you know. So can you tell a little bit about how you help um, maybe writers who come in there and they have this entire, you know, they have misconceptions about themselves, about their work. How do you help them overcome that?
1: So uh, that was my journey as well. And so I, you know, built on that and I've taught myself a lot about both writing as well as the publishing world of India. And um, I've I've broken that into a three-day program. It's it originally used to be two. It's now becoming three. And uh, from three, it's now stretching and pushing to possibly becoming four because I've learned so much more. Um, but it's really that. And it's also about the act of writing. Uh, you know, we think about writing and we want to write and we think about the story and the plot, but we don't actually sit down and put pen to paper. And in the workshop, that's what you do. Uh, you know that, uh, is that we actually have people come in and sit and write. And, um, and and so the writing is one part. But the other program that is a very big program that Pandita leads is uh, it's called the Himalayan Happiness Project. And that is more about emotional well-being. And that's about feeling better about the person that you are. And that's not really just about writing, but that's just about being a happier and more content person. So uh, so now, um, you know, it started off like that. And the creative writing course was the kind of flag- flagship. But today we have about uh, 12, 13 different faculty members, each one a specialist, each teaching something different. So just like Vandita teaches Himalayan happiness, Jerry Pinto leads the writing masterclass, Arundhati Subramaniam teaches poetry, um, so does Rochelle. So there's a lot of different people who teach different skills uh, in the, at the Himalayan writing uh, retreat. And that's as it should be because... It's unrealistic to expect one person to teach everything.
0: So I have to now shift to Vandita. So Vandita, you know, you are transitioning from a clinical psychology to co-founding the Himalayan writing retreat with Chetan. And it's really intriguing. So how has your background in psychology influenced your approach to writing and, of course, well-being in the Himalayas? And, you know, I mean, uh, it must have been very tough... uh, because a lot of people do go into the Himalayas, but I don't know if they really are aware that they can go into a course and meet a a clinical psychologist who's going to really help unravel the issues that you've probably faced all your life amidst that entire serene surrounding. So tell us a little bit about how you began and what you did. And of course, Vandita, I'm always in awe of your personality, Um, always looked up to you. And um, so you need to spill the beans now.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Mawa. I, I, I it's, it's likewise. I, I also really admire you and look up to you and all the work that you're doing. It's such interesting stuff that you've done and the books that you've written. Um, so, um, okay. So, so, in terms of uh, you know, uh, clinical psychology and how uh, and and how it relates to writing and how it relates to uh, what we do. Um, well. See, I, I think for me, uh, I have always been interested in, in books, right? Now, I mean, all of us grew up reading, reading a lot. That, that's what we did when we were younger. And I think that's kind of stayed with most of us. So we've had a fascination with books, with stories, with reading, with communicating. And, you know, a, a lot of clinical psychology is also about communicating, right? It's about communicating your experience, understanding your own experience, and then, of course, also uh, communicating that. To someone uh, else, so um, so I think so. So I mean, both the processes are uh, quite uh, interconnected. It's it's not that they're very separate uh, things. Writing and uh, and what and and introspection, right? Um, So uh, in terms of what you know, how all of that came together, it wasn't really. I mean, to begin with, it wasn't really a very thought through thing. Uh, it was more of uh, you know I've, I'm trained as a clinical psychologist that's what I've always done and when we moved I continued to work uh, although uh, back in 2015 working online wasn't as easy because it was a very new thing for most people but uh, of course over the years and especially with the pandemic that has really changed but uh, writing was something that that has been an interest and that Became much more of an interest uh, when we were there, and you know, Chaitanya got into it much more than I did at that point in time. Actually, even before we had moved, I uh, uh, you know, I, I did write for blogs, and uh, somebody had approached me to write a book, and I ended up writing a book on parenting. Uh, so, so that was also kind of in the background, and that's how both came together. You know, after we moved through the mountains, and that's that's kind of.
1: How it's happened? Yeah, and Aditya has a new book out now. Actually, coming up soon. Yes,
2: we're going to come to that.
0: Absolutely, we're going to come to that, Chetan. But and we're also going to come to the book, uh, you know, about on parenting. But before that, you know, you've designed a workshop on emotional well-being through writing. You know, so what are the techniques or practices do you incorporate in this workshop? to help participants enhance, you know, their emotional well-being. So there must be a process, you know, to this entire thing. Would you like to share with some of our listeners who probably would like to come in and, uh, you know, be a part of it? And they are probably intimidated because to write it all down, it takes, you know, a lot of courage, right, to bleed on paper, as we um, you know. So could you share a little bit about that, Vandita? Sure, sure.
2: So uh, the, the the workshop has gone through a little bit of an evolution um, initially it was much more of, um, a workshop that, that did focus a lot on writing in terms of, uh, you know, basically we were using writing as a tool for self reflection, for introspection. And, and like you rightly said, it is, it is kind of difficult and it's, it's a difficult process. Um, so, um, uh, you know, now, um, I just wanted to let you know, but now the, Version of that we have is is now called the Himalayan Happiness Project, where we continue to do a lot of, of course, introspection and self-reflection and working through different thoughts, emotions, behaviors, uh, and all of that. But in addition to that, we also do a little bit more of um, some creative exercises and and things like that. But um, so basically, the the program is uh, designed to help each individual look inwards. Um, you know the uh, the, you know there is of course um, you know the the endeavor is to create a safe space where uh, this can happen and uh, also uh, a lot of the exercises are structured so there is a sense of that things will be contained it's not that you know you start Looking at something which is very difficult for you, and then we just leave it like that. So the effort is that it's it's done in a more, in a somewhat contained and controlled manner, so that you can, uh, you know, each person can uh, dig in as much as they feel comfortable doing. And uh, there is no, you know, there are no have tos. There is no absolute requirement that you have to do a particular exercise or do it in a particular way or anything like that. So there is freedom there. And um, and so yeah, so so yes, we are dealing with sometimes difficult emotions and memories and experiences and that. But at the same time, then we also like in this version also try to incorporate a little bit of lightness and levity and and have some more fun and, uh, and and so we now have uh, a bit more of a couple of different exercises other than writing.
0: Uh, So your book, Vandita, Parenting in the Age of Sexposure, I think it's a book that's extremely relevant in today's time and age, you know, because there are many precocious um, kids all around. It's a new generation, you know, and it addresses a very crucial topic, you know. So what inspired you to write this book? And of course, you have children of your own, you know. So how did you... and you came into this entire idea and what are the key takeaways for parents, you know, navigating this entire digital age where everything is at the click of a button and, um, you know, everybody is so exposed, uh, you know, to sexual content uh, regularly at the tip of a, you know, at the scroll of a finger. So, and we come from a different time because all these things were not there for us. So how do you deal with this entire thing and what does the book do for parents who are, um, you know, going through... Uh, uncomfortable situation with their growing children?
2: So uh, the book is, you know, so, so there are th- some topics and themes there which are which are regardless of the times that we live in, as in the sense of, uh, regardless of the technology, the evolution of technology, right? So things around sexuality and sexual orientation. So, so some of it is just basic stuff, which which exists and has existed always but but we've just not talked about it much in, in our culture and society and even other in in many other places but definitely in India uh, a lot of this is not talked about so some of it is just you know kind of establishing uh, the you know what is kind of in in the whole range of what all is normal right and there's no one normal but there are many variations to normal so that that is one. Part of it, but the other part of it is yes, dealing with technology and how technology is evolving and what it's doing in terms of exposure. So how I came to writing it was actually I, I used to write a blog, and um, it, it, there is this community called Gurgaon Moms that that asked me to write uh, a blog article for them, which was which I titled "Talking to Children About Sex." Right, and and somebody read that a publisher, a commissioning editor from. From, from a publishing house, happened to read it. And she contacted me and said, we're doing a series on parenting. Would you be interested in writing uh, on, on working on a book for us? So so it was commissioned in that sense. And uh, so I said, sure. I mean, that topic is very interesting to me. And uh, and yes, I mean, how, well, of course, I've worked in this area before. I've worked in the area of uh, child sexual abuse uh, prevention and, and treatment and things. Uh, so, I mean, that interest has always been there. But then also as a parent... And uh, there's always this concern about the exposure that kids have to content that is not yet, they're not mature enough to handle. And, uh, you know, so, so that's, so that's how, you know, I I was interested in it and I ended up writing the book and uh, yeah.
0: Your upcoming book, Against the Tide, you know, lessons from the journeys of those who've left the nine to five in search of meaning. It sounds extremely intriguing because I'm sure so many of us and especially after the pandemic, we've really questioned, you know, what is life? What are you know, what is it that we need to pursue? So what stories or insights can readers expect from this book and how do these stories inspire your own journey in the Himalayas?
2: Right. Um, so this uh, this book happened because y- yes we we made we made the journey but then um, while we were doing that before during and after and even now we meet a lot of people who've kind of done made the same similar transition not always the same but similar kind of transition and uh, so this book is really uh, based on uh, my interviews with about twenty five odd people and a few other uh, stories that I've heard uh, and people I know. So it's based on the experiences of all all of these people. And uh, the idea of the book is to really not just put forward the stories, uh, but, but to look at the themes as to, you know, what happens, what leads somebody to a point where they may be questioning, um, you know, what they're doing in terms of their personal and or professional lives. And then how, uh, you know, how to think about it and how to move beyond uh, what are the challenges. So, Again, because it's based a lot on these people's experiences. It is about how the journey has been for them in terms of uh, their move and how the challenges they faced and how they've tried to go about uh, addressing those challenges and what life looks like now and so on. But a lot of it is actually, you know, uh, centered around work and the importance of work in our lives and, and what work means to different people and what it can mean, like the various you know, definitions of work. what we're doing right now is also also work, right? But a lot of times we just look at work as as in the paid job that you do, which is one kind, kind of work and a lot of people get stuck in that. But it's also about just looking and redefining work and, and looking at, uh, you know, what gives one joy uh, in one's work and, uh, you know, making that transition to, to that.
0: So as an expert psychologist and featured on the YouTube channel ZenBrain, you know, what kind of topics or advice do you typically share with the audience and how has this platform really allowed you to reach a wider audience, uh, you know, with your insights, uh, you know, on well-being? Um, the
2: ZenBrain? Yes. Um, so ZenBrain uh, is is a, it's a very, very interesting and important, uh, uh, you know, uh, platform uh, where uh Shruti, uh, you know, is able to really reach out to a lot of people with one is a lot of factual information around mental health and mental illnesses, and then also kind of addressing prejudice, addressing misconceptions, um, like like I said, bringing factual information. So it's not just me, but she has a lot of uh, other experts that she interviews on that channel. And, you know, so all of us um, and people who have gone through uh, some of these issues themselves, people who've been diagnosed with certain mental illnesses or have struggled with certain issues, so they also come. Uh, they, they, you know, they, she, she's inter- interviewed them, and they're also there on the channel. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a great way for me. It's been a great way to reach out to people and share whatever I know in terms of, you know, as a professional and uh, also as somebody who's seen people who knows people who've gone through. Uh, mental health issues so yeah it just widens who all you can reach
0: so coming back to Chetan um, tell us about how many years you're completing now and you know both of you are one of you know the two very very special people in my life Um Tell me a little bit about the Himalayan writing workshop and how many years you guys are completing and what all are in the plans ahead and a little bit about your daily lives. Yeah, I mean, for people like us who are like really braving the traffic in a city like Bangalore, you know, share with us what does your morning, day and night look like. Yeah. <coughs>
1: Well, um, so we just turning seven uh, on the 14th of October Congratulations. 2023.
0: Congratulations. So the Himalayan Writing Workshop turns seven this October, and great.
1: Yeah, so we did our very first workshop on the 14th to 16th of October 2016. And uh, it was just a lack of an idea. Uh, it was just a, you know, Havame, just a complete uh, fable. <laughs> And uh, so we didn't have a place or anything and a friend had a biggish bungalow. So I rented the bungalow and I put it out there saying we are doing a writing workshop in the Himalayas. And seven brave people showed up. And uh, we went ahead and did the workshop and they said, you know, it was good fun and we liked it and so on. And that was really what kind of set it off. But from there now uh, in 2018, we started and built our own place. And now we've got a huge bunch of other faculty members and we have people coming in from abroad so it's become uh, quite a thing compared to, you know, that that uh, very, very fledgling idea with which we started. Um, in terms of daily life, uh, it's not really a fixture. Yeah? There are days when there are no workshops and there's nothing much going on. On those days, we just relax, uh, you know, look at the sunrise, uh, you know, take in the bird song early in the morning and just listen to the silence. That's a big part of it. We have two dogs. So uh, we'll go out for a walk with them early in the morning or late in the morning if it's winter time. And um, when there are workshops on, then it's a different level of activity. Then there's, you know, a very strong regimen right from the beginning till the end. And uh, our whole day goes into uh, spending time with people. But uh, both both Vandita and I do love to both read and write. So when we are not conducting workshops, we are uh, doing those two things. We're reading, we're writing and... Uh, what we write tends to be very, very different. I mean, I'll write anything. I'll write articles. I'll write short stories. I'll try and do whatever it is that that tickles me. Uh, Vandita is usually working on more long-term projects, uh, like the, you know, against the Tide project that she's working on, usually nonfiction. Uh, but she reads a lot more than I do. Uh, I think I write a lot more than she does. So it kind of works out. But uh, it's nice to just be here. I and mean, we feel that it's getting very busy and crowded where we live. So um, I can't imagine Bangalore. (laughs) It's nice to visit, but living in a big city will be a challenge.
0: So thank you so much Chetan and Vandita for being on today's episode and uh, wishing you lots and lots of luck and success. You know, for all your future endeavors, you know that you have one student all the time uh, for the rest of her life, uh, knowing that she has her room fixed, uh, you know, in uh, the Himalayan Writing Workshop and she will keep coming back, which is me. And uh, for all our listeners here, you know, we um, want you to know that if you have that entire bug of wanting to write, please reach out to uh, Chetan Mahajan and Dr. Vandita Dubey and uh, you have the Himalayan Writing Workshop. It changed my life and I know it can change yours. Thank you so much for being on today's episode. To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and of course on all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are The Mohua Show where we talk Iman Dari Se.